Everything the light touches is your kingdom, James. Ryan, you're referencing The Lion King. Today we're talking about Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Oh, right. Sorry, I got mixed up. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Uh, well, now you're doing Avatar The Last Airbender, which is Uh, uh, same name, different series. Right, close names... Really hard to keep those in line in my brain. Let me try one more time. Mm, Or we could just skip it. Right. No, we're not gonna. I see now. I can't save my family by running. This is our home. This is our fortress. This is where we make our stand. There you go. Perfect. Got it. (laughs) Thanks, man. I know one thing. Wherever we go, this family is for sure our fortress. Incoming Vin Diesel for Avatar 3, which is not a joke. That's insane. Wow. Blue cat family. As Vin Diesel always anticipated. I mean, I can't wait. Cars on Pandora. That's going to rock, dude. Just like... I mean... Enormous... Chevy muscle car just like shooting out of the canopy of the jungle with Vin Diesel inside. While Ludacris is like, this is crazy. Okay, it's not going to happen, but Fast and the Furious, they go into space in the cars. The cars go so far, they get to Alpha Centauri B and they're like, oh my God, what is this earth looking place? Vin Diesel plays Dominic Toretto in Avatar 3. I swear to God, it's not, they they don't have the balls, James, to do something that bold, but if they did, it would make history as the greatest moment in entertainment, would it not? Well, and it's possible, but I think Disney owns uh, Avatar shit, but who owns the Fast and the Furious? That's the only hang up. The people. I'm sure Disney soon enough. Right, no, it's Fast and the Furious is is owned in inside the minds of every car owner who thinks about being at a red light and hitting some NOS. Today, guys, we're going to uh, do a deep review of the brand new James Cameron sequel to Avatar. And mm. uh, before we get started, we'd like to remind everyone listening that we have a Patreon Trin, no, we have a, no patrons, but we do have a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a Freudian slip to let everyone know <laughs> that we have about 12 patrons total and we'd like more. Patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. For one or more dollar a month, you get all of these podcasts ad free right. plus yeah. banter. And if you have like personal criticism to levy at Ryan and I about the show, becoming a patron means you can join our discord and you can complain to us man to man not like the rest of the people who have just left negative apple reviews which you can do as well although i would prefer if you did positive apple reviews follow us on spotify etc but you know what it's it's your life it's your it's your life i'm not i'm I'm not telling you what to do so avatar 2 begins is with an anime time jump which is fitting because this whole series is an anime and it's been like 20 years since the first movie both in reality and in the narrative and now jake sully has completely assimilated into navi culture and he and his wife zoe saldana whose name in the show is Natiri, which is I really dislike that name. And now they sure. have three kids with bad names. Two teenage sons named Natayam and Loak, and a young daughter named Took. And yeah, I hate all the names. This shit just reminds <laughs> me of uh solar opposites. Like they're coming up with ridiculous names on purpose. I kept calling and I keep calling Natiri Gamora. One because it's a better name, two because it's also played by Zoe Zeldana. And three, because I keep forgetting her name. So, yeah, the names are hard to keep track of, especially when all of the characters are blue and look decently similar to each other. Before we get into the rest of this, let me say that this series you just said is an anime. It it is an amalgamation for sure of ideas that is then slapped upon the greatest visual experience in movie history. IMO. It, it is Pocahontas, obviously. That was talked about a lot during the first movie because the first movie's plot is is Pocahontas. It's just it's like they copy pasted that script and then did like okay, Control F, find all, change. Uh, Pocahontas is Neytiri now, and they put Gamora first, but they were like, I guess we have to change it to Neytiri. 
it is that meets Game of Thrones because Spider is is Theon. He's just based. He's he's Theon meets Avatar: The Last Airbender. There are different subsets of Navi. Right. We know. Yeah, we're familiar with the Earth tribe of the Navi, and now we get to meet the Water tribe. Oh, I would say that Jake was hanging out with Airbenders. Okay, more sure, closely. Sure, sure. So we've now met the airbenders as well as the waterbenders. So we still have the icebenders and the earthbenders, probably just like molten lava navi. And there are polar ice caps on Pandora, a planet that is a moon and almost as big as Jupiter is. There are other planets in the system that James Cameron was like, yeah, maybe we go see those other, those other moons. But, and I was like, how, what Pandora is huge. Why would you expand your universe that much? But it's because he's like, I'm gonna make a million of these goddamn movies. If it keeps making money, all of those things meet softcore porn. We're going to make all of these anthropomorphic blue hotties naked and make everyone in the theater be like, is this just like, have I turned on not so much avatar? Like, is this, is this a porn parody? I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Well, I'm glad you said something, Brian, because I also found the movie somewhat perverse. And like, also I noticed that in this movie, more so than the first, they were covering up the naked cat girls, not so much in the first movie, but I think they realized that that was a mistake and that that was a weird element of the first movie. And now they wear clothes, which I think is yeah. an improvement. It had they had to because this movie has kids in it and it's I, I don't want to get too far into this, but it is weird. It's weird. And it's I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> like, could you make anthropologically maybe this society? They would walk around naked. OK, maybe you could make that argument narratively. I think they looked better with clothes on. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that was a narrative decision. You're right. Along with Jake's family, they also have an adopted human child named Spider who lives with them, and he wants to be a Navi. He's like Tarzan for the Navi, in which case he's a reverse Jake Sully, which is interesting. And he's also secretly the son of the bad guy from the first movie, Keep Up Class. That's Colonel Miles Quartrich. Again, that name, it, it's so annoying to, to make the mouth movements to say that name. Quartrich. <laughs> he's bad military guy. Let's just, let's call him what he yeah, is. Well, he's just, he's old Duke Nukem. <laughs> yeah. Bad military guy. Also, is it a secret that, that he is they spiders? They immediately, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's not a secret for very long. And if they were trying to keep it a secret, they did a very bad job because Spider knows who his dad is because there's one line. In the, it's the first time I rolled my eyes during the watching of this movie where out of nowhere, he's just like, you know what, guys, sometimes it's better not to know who your parents are. <sighs> and I was like, what the, well, where the fuck did that come from? Okay, spider, whatever, dude. And lastly, in the family, they have a second adopted teenage daughter named Kiri, the only decent name in the family aside from Jake. Mm -hmm. She sure. was somehow conceived of Sigourney Weaver's brain-dead avatar from the first movie. You will recall that in the first movie, Sigourney Weaver tried to do the kind of forbidden mind transfer jutsu using the tree, and uh, it didn't work. It worked for Jake at the end, but she died before the process could be complete. Anyway, somehow uh, she came to pregnancy, and now from that was born Kiri. Okay. Interesting that first of all, the avatars can get pregnant and aren't sterile as an as just like a consequence of the cloning process and the fact that they're spliced with human DNA. But okay, mm. we'll we'll accept that that's not a problem, and you can just breed between the two species. So now, how did this happen, Brian? What do you think? Well, I think it's important to note that there's only three possibilities. Can we say that? I don't know what those are that you're specifying, so I, I will not say that until you specify them, but well, let me answer your question first. Yeah. On Earth and to us, God is a faith-based decision, right? Because we have no empirical evidence that God actually exists, but if you want to believe that, you sure can, and it is a leap of faith. On Pandora, it is not that way. God is the planet. A way or... I. 
I, is that how you say it? Is it Awa? I think it's Awa. Iowa. 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 I don't like how my mouth moves with that one either. Either way, the big tree slash the amount of coral that is in the water territory, it is all connected. The animals, the plants, and the Navi all simultaneously connected to the, you can call it like it Mother Pandora, uh, which is Awa. So like God is real. And it's the God planet. is a tree. Yeah. Right. And it's a lot of trees. It's all the trees, in fact, but it has one main tree and then, you know, like one main uh, yeah. amalgamation well, if you're listening of coral. To this, if you've seen Game of Thrones, it's very similar to the children of the forest and the weirwood trees, right? They're all hooked up. And when you die, you go into the trees. Yes. And Sigourney Weaver tried to attach herself to God and God was like, whoa, hey, like a white blood cells, like get the fuck out of here. I don't know who you are. You haven't proven yourself like Jake Sully will in the future. But at the same time, I well, do find no, I you. Think that's what happened, Ryan. I don't care. Okay. And I do find <laughs> you worthy enough. In fact, that even though uh, you go a little brain dead after you try to like be all up in my shit, that uh, now that I, I will immaculate conception you and Kiri is Jesus. Right. Right. Tree Jesus. She's, she's Jesus. Okay, so that is uh, that is possibility number one. This is an immaculate conception situation, and Kiri is tree tree Jesus. She's Jesus. Uh, that is one possibility for sure. If not that, then we're looking at maybe Sigourney Weaver was banging in that thing. She possibly. <laughs> okay, banging when she, in that thing. When she was bear. in the Avatar, she was you know uh, hooking up. She was banging it out just before her death. One last uh, hurrah, perhaps. Or <laughs> the worst, darkest possibility is that this is some oh, kind I don't of want like, to say it. Yeah, Kill yeah, Bill no. Volume 1 situation. Yeah, no. Okay, we got it. You yeah, don't have to yeah, say that's, it. That's, we, that's, we um, I just alluded uh, good enough. That, I mean, yeah, no, we, we that doesn't it. seem like it would fit into this story. <laughs> no, 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 it wouldn't. That'd be really, really terrible. But I think the evidence would support that Kiri is Jesus just because she can attach herself to anything on the world, unlike any other Navi. Like she has a connection to perhaps uh, God herself. Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And so they live peacefully as a family for a time with the other tree loving Navi until some more humans just came back and just blew their shit up completely and they can do nothing about it. Yeah. That's where the title appears. The way of water. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked, except for in this case, the Fire Nation is the humans and they are back and and ready to ravage once more. These humans are here for a different reason. Unobtainium no longer uh, cool. Now, because the Earth is fucked, they want to, they're going to colonize Pandora, which just like off the bat that sounds like a horrible idea based on everything we know about Pandora, but that's the plan. Okay, but that's not, that is the plan, but that is not actually a big part of the rest of this story. No, it's just sort of a one-off line that Edie Falco throws out there. Like, our point is... Uh, long term is to colonize Pandora because Earth is overpopulated and all fucked up. But that's not the focus of this film. The point here is that James Cameron is an environmentalist and is just like speaking to us through Pandoran environments that the humans are killing, being like, they're not so different from you and I. But that doesn't change the fact that when the human ships came down and burnt all of the forest, that was a cool as fuck scene because I was like, oh, they're just landing in a random part of the forest. Wait, no, the Navi and animals, uh, uh, every part of this forest is covered. It is incinerating perhaps millions and millions of lives. Although this is also the scene that caught me the first time and the first of many to come where I noticed the variable frame rate. It goes from 24 frames a second, which is what most movies are, to 48. And it goes back and forth for seemingly no reason. Like, usually you would assume if you're going to go back and forth between 24 and 48 that all the fight scenes would be 48 and everything else would be 24. But they don't do that. James Cameron, it's like he threw a dart at a dartboard and he was like, this scene's 48, baby. Why? I don't know. For fun. Brought along with the humans 
and this is very important, are the main villains of the story. The humans have used, and actually they did this back in the first movie, but we're just now finding out about it. They've used the Black Mirror mind copying technology to copy and paste the brains of all the bad guys in the bad guy troop from movie one, and now they've resurrected them as the Navi human hybrid avatars. So they are back. They're not themselves. Those characters all are dead. But these are kind of clones of them with their memories plugged in. So it's more or less like they've been brought back to life as Navi. But truly, that's not what happened. They are just imitations of people who used to live in horrible Frankenstein bodies. Yeah. And I thought when they said this plot point that there was going to be more like their Navi bodies rejecting the new copy pasted minds, but that wasn't a plot point and maybe perhaps it will be in the future. But this is all done just so that bad military guy from the first one can be the villain of the second one as well. Yeah, probably because James Cameron really liked him. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly him. It is his memories, which then makes a conflicted bad military guy because I'm not him, but I have all memories and act like him completely. So like I'm sort of a knockoff version of bad military guy. So like, who am I really, you know? And that also adds into spider being conflicted because his dad is dead. At some point he watches a video of Natiri murdering his father, which is complicated for him. But at the same time, now a version of his father is on Pandora. It's not him, but it is him. Oh, what? This is so complicated. What do I do? I was just really taken aback that none of these characters ever expressed even a single moment of like, God, what, what is my life? Who am I? I exist only as a disposable tool of empire. I like, I, I have these memories of a person who died, but that's not me. And, I, and they're basically slaves. Mm. It's really strange, man. They are more or less like the equivalent of the, what is my purpose robot from Rick and Morty. And, and think about the task they've been given. Okay, so you guys, more or less the zombie ghosts of soldiers, now our Frankenstein monster war slaves. We're going to send you in to hunt down and kill a guy who like has a life and, and things in it and people that he loves and who love him. So you mindless drones go in and, and you know, ruin his life for us. Well, I mean, ruining his life by murdering him is their objective because he is the leader of the resistance. He is a figurehead on Pandora of get out of here humans we don't want you here but, but i'm Ryan, from sky world what you already died doing this and now they're making yeah. you do it again <laughs> yeah i know listen this is right here like in this first 15 to 20 minutes of this movie where they're like okay Kiri is Jesus. We have a, a biblical allegory in this movie. Also, the bad guy in the second movie is the same but different bad guy from the first. And at this point while watching it, I literally said out loud to myself, oh no, Avatar 2 is going to be a bad movie because those two <laughs> things felt really lazy to me. But I will say from this point on, I... Put those two things into the back, like nethers yeah. of my brain, so that I could just be within the environment and the experience of watching this movie. And from this point on, I loved everything that happened. Uh, and th obviously, there were like pinpointed moments in the future where it was like, hey, do you remember the first 15 minutes of this movie where you thought it was going to be bad? Let's remind you of that a little bit. And I'm like, no, no, get out of here. I'm, I'm within the experience. Don't ruin this for me. Yeah, it's a sloppy setup, but it, honestly, this stuff happens probably even faster than it's taking for me and Ryan to talk about it. Oh, yeah. It's uh, 10 minutes ago. This was done. So we have a scene next. Jake is leading a heroic guerrilla war against a human supply line. They've set up a train on Pandora. Go figure why they need a train if they just can fly shit. Well, anyway, trains are cool, James. <laughs> They do they derail the train. But then Jake's two sons, Loak and uh, Bing Bong, are too rash <laughs> and stubborn and they endanger the mission and uh, they almost get killed in the process. And so Scully 
Scully? Scully? No, that's from Sully. that's from X Files. Sully yep. scolds them, and he's he's you know he's worried. He's like, "Geez, we can't go on like this." My family. Sure. I mean, he treats his two older sons like they're soldiers because in this moment, he is the general and they are soldiers under his leadership. So when they do things that he said very specifically not to do, he is not only reprimanding them as his sons, but also as soldiers who disobeyed him, which obviously makes for a complicated father-son relationship, but also like you two almost got yourselves killed again maybe just don't do that for the rest of this story and then they were basically like we're gonna keep doing it so the bad avatars are are sent out to take care of the main characters and they do end up running into the kids and so a confrontation occurs between jake and zoe saldana and the bad guy evil avatars and really though as soon as the fighting breaks out the bad guys just start dropping and this was an issue that I had with the movie that like when you first see the bad guy avatars, it really does not look like there's that many of them. And then they just they're constantly dying throughout the film. So I was wondering, like, do they have like, OK, so if girl bad guy avatar dies, is there like a backup like on the ship? Like, OK, now get the one who's waiting on the ship and give her the introduction and get her out here because they seem to be replenishing these guys. That is to say, I didn't think there was a lot of tension in any of the scenes where Jake and Zoe are fighting because they just are Avengers and they tear through the bad guys. Like it's <laughs> I really nothing. like how you just have started calling her Zoe. Yeah, this movie does have a bit of a stormtrooper problem where a lot of bullets are fired by the bad guys, but they never seem to hit, uh, you know, except for one at the end. Sad. But yes, I'm fine with this Rambo shit, which is what it is. This is Natiri and Jake's home. They have the home field advantage, but also... These trained militaristic Navi somehow don't hit one bullet the entire time. Ah, whatever. Fine. So despite the fact that uh, so far everything is going well for them and the bad guys are getting their asses kicked left and right, Jake is really worried about his family. And so again, like this was something early on that just didn't sit right with me. He's like, okay, we're going to give up the fight. We're going to abandon the tribe and us as a family are going to fly away to somewhere else. And Zoe's like, but my dad made me swear on his deathbed that I would take care of this tribe. And Jake's like, right. And you'll take care of them by never seeing them again. Which, I mean, possibly true, but I, I don't know. Didn't the big human settlement like basically land on top of them? Aren't they probably having a tough time right now? You know, aren't they in the most precarious position of all the entire tribe? Aren't they just on the border of where the sky people are going to come down to kill them? Yeah. So I understand from Jake's perspective because he's like, I got two sons who are just going to constantly keep making bad decisions and try to get themselves killed in situations where I tell them not to. I also have two other children, uh, the four of which have already within seconds gotten captured by bad military guy. And there's no way they'll keep getting captured over and over again, but perhaps they will. And them being here is the only thing in between that happening that if we move that for sure won't happen again. And then Natiri's making the point, which is is obvious how can this place not be our line in the sand how is the fortress not us where we live and our family simultaneously and jake is like no man they're hunting me i have to leave here i'm not going anywhere without you guys and also this one's called the way of water so we have to go meet the water people right. narratively so please follow me right now and stop asking questions okay thanks yeah it sounds like weak tea eventually they settle on like well you know if we're not here and they're hunting us then they they'll follow us away from here which that's what the movie presents as the best argument to kind of force this movement in the plot here I, I understand that the plot needs to move here because that's the story that he's telling. But I don't know. I just thought like if the smarter way would have been like, well, why don't we go and s we'll meet the water tribe and ask for their help since like we're our shit's kind of fucked. Maybe if the water people can back us up. Oh, but the water people swore that they would never back us up a thousand years ago. But maybe I can impress them. Like to me, that is a, a more simple plot line which does not like undermine jake and zoe and kind of turn them into cowards you know what the hardest part about recap and review podcasts yeah. specifically are about 
Avatar 2 The Way of Water, that this is an audio medium that is only really discussing for most of the time the plot of Avatar 2 and dissecting it and making statements as to whether it's good or not. So there's a lot of negativity because, listen, if you got to the end of Avatar 2 and and you were like, that was an airtight plot and nothing bad ever happened and every line they said was not eye-roll worthy and uh, just visually, obviously stunning, but also the story, one for the ages, then I I don't understand you because that's obviously not the case. But while listening to this podcast, Remember your experience watching it as well, because all of these things that we're talking about that are sure stupid at the same time, you were watching it. If you're me and you were like, I don't care. This looks insane. Yeah. I mean, you don't go to see this movie for the story and the story is passable. It's serviceable. That's really all you can say about it. I admire that James Cameron is like a left-wing environmentalist and anti-imperialist, and he puts that into his movie and everyone in America goes to see it anyway, sort of unconsciously. That's very funny to me. Like everyone's in the movie theater, like cheering on uh, soldiers being ripped apart by blue cat people. That's very, that's very interesting to me. Yeah. That's why you go to see it. For the visuals of that, not to the, yeah. whatever the deeper implication might be. No, I want to see Nateri do some Rambo-ass shit, James. And she does multiple times. So they leave for the Water Nation. And here, the cat people are a bit more light blue water colored fishy cats. They're catfish. And sure. They're, yeah, like they're the Water Nation version of the Navi. And yeah. they're a little bit different. They got longer tails and fucked up looking arms. Okay. Well, they're to swim, but okay. So the water cats are led by a Jason Momoa looking big catfish man named Tono Wari and his pregnant wife, Ronald. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I don't think it's Ronald. I think it has to be Ronald. E- either way, she's played by Kate Winslet, which is insane. That's cool. She's so weird. Yeah, that's why it's cool. They have a son named Aonung, who's a little okay. bully, and a yeah. daughter named Sierra, and she's crushing hard on Loak. I think the T in her name perhaps is silent. You know what was weird? Mm. The first time we see her, she does the thing where she comes out of the water and then like flips her hair back like she's a model. Yeah. And, you know, Loak's looking at her like that's an attractive Navi girl that I'd like to meet and, and, and learn further about. And all I could think was, that's a kid. That's a kid. <laughs> so we could describe... Uh, what it's like when Jake meets the leader of the water tribe. Uh, He said this, she said that, but instead we could just act it out as a two man show Mm. and it'll be much more concise. A hundred percent. I would, gosh, I would love that. Which part shall I play James? Uh, You can be Jake Sully and I'll be, I'll be Jason Momoa cat. Okay, good, good. Oh, welcome to our water nation, Jake Sully. Uh, why have you come to honor us with your war hero-ness? Oh, yeah. Well, first off, thank you, Jason. Secondly, I am looking for a safe harbor. I thought harbor, water, water navi, sort of put those two together. Because we're being chased by the sky people, and they're trying to murder us. If you could just not look at my kids' fingers uh, and make any comments about them for, like, forever, that would be chill. My god, are you telling me the entire forest tribe is dead? Oh, see, I could, I see how you could think that. Yep, and at that point, Nateri behind him just rolls her fucking eyes, <laughs> and and, uh, and Jake's like, no, 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 and she, he looks at Nateri like, okay, no, so bad military man, you don't know him, I know him a little bit, and Nateri then says like, I killed him with a fucking arrow, and he's like, yes, Nateri, thank you, he's hunting only me, so me being where I was, my original home, really put all of them in danger. So I I've see. come to transplant myself here to put you in danger. Oh, da- yeah. So will we, I mean, will we be any danger? Or? N- um, 
Because it sounds... Well, anyway, I guess... Because you're a big war hero, the optics would be really bad if I threw you out. Yes, the optics. Such a good point. So, can we stay? You and your family can stay, but you will have to learn our fishy ways. Oh, is that hard? Are those hard things to learn? It'll take several montages in Act 2. Whoa, how many montages? The whole movie's a montage. (laughs) Wow. Jeez. Aowa... Save me. Well, that seems fine. I'm great at everything I try, and I'm sure so are my kids. Let's get into it, and thank you very much. And scene. And beautiful. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. I mean, That's Kate, what happened. Kate Winslet was there, and she was also pissed. Oh, but we didn't she have made a very good her. point where she was just like, this is going to uh, bring death upon us all. And then everyone was like, no, shut up. Right. Yeah, that's so for sure not going to happen. Wherever I go, people are killed. Can I stay here? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie are you ready for a montage <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's structured extremely similarly to the original one and so act one is now over and act two is just like a series of uh, sort of interspersed scenes of characters uh, adapting to this new culture finding their inner strength uh, making new connections with other characters which in this movie happens uh, literally you literally connect your head to them a little ham fisted there but i mean it's like ponytail fisted yeah this is so. this is the pocahontas dances mm. with wolves last Colors samurai of the wind, baby. yeah part of the movie which i mean we had we had this very similar <laughs> part of the first movie you get it you understand it a lot of things happen so jake bonds with a big flying fish dragon i think his original dragon was injured but it made me wonder and I think the movie was wise not to address this. The fish people have dragons that both go underwater and fly. And so what advantage is there to the original dragon from the first movie? None? Yeah, no, it's worse. Yeah, it just can't swim like theirs can. Right. So it's it's worse because it can't go in the water. Anyway, this is where I took my bathroom break, mm. <laughs> if I'm being honest, because this is a very long movie. It's three and a half hours long. And I was like, I think I know what i'm getting from this so i you know ran real quick and i came back also to be fair every one of these montages like the first one i was like well that's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in a movie and then it would cut to the next scene i was like well i was wrong that's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in a whoa the coral during the eclipse well that was the most beautiful fucking thing i've ever seen in a movie james cameron loak the younger brother that is begins a budding romance with the chief's daughter uh uh insert name and they become well he gets bullied by her brother uh yamilek and (laughs) he gets tricked into going out into uncharted waters but that's where he becomes best friends with this lone wolf whale out there who's lonely and wants friends and loak becomes his friend he's best friends with a whale yes he is being chased by a very large fish this is obviously something that the catfish kids do to people they're trying to bully they put them in in a place that is precarious and then they have to find their way back it's it's like uh you know like a learning montage perhaps but it goes sour real quick because second boy, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Loak. Loak. No, no, Loak's the, the 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 good the good guy. He is getting attacked by a very large, yeah. very mean fish, and this entire scene is is very tense. Uh, I I didn't think that Loak was going to die, but I, I was like, unless a duex machina kind of thing happens here, he is going to die. But thankfully, a duex machina thing does happen. Because a bigger fish always exists, and the large fish that was going after Loak gets fucking murdered by a very large fish who is a whale that is an outcast whale for reasons that we'll describe in the future. But because Loak is a kind of a fish out of water in this situation, and this whale is an outcast fish in the water, they immediately have a very strong bond. Yes, we learn some more about the whales. They're actually whale people they're whales but they're as smart as you or me honestly no they're smarter calling yeah. them people is a disservice to them they're called the tool coon these whales and they are sacred to the fish navi people and this one uh his name is pycon i believe is how you say it pycon 
which is also the name of a filler character in Dragon Ball Z. So anyway, cool. PyCon got thrown out of his whale tribe for being a nasty, angry, violent whale. He started a big fight with some humans, and it got him and some Navi killed. And in whale culture, all violence is prohibited, so he got kicked out of the tribe. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll learn in the future that it was not him who started the fight. It, it was very, it was like, you know, I won't start a fight, but I'll fucking end it. But it was the the whalers who were mostly at fault there. But it doesn't matter. You're not allowed, if you're a Tolkun, to ever be violent in any situation, even when someone's trying to murder you. You. So he is ousted and sent to the nethers of the sea, except for not really. It's just like right near where uh, all of our main characters are. Kiri is also doing some nature magic shit. She's painting with the colors of the wind. And yeah. I, I think there are some other scenes where Took and Zoe probably learned to fit in as well. Exactly. Later on, Kiri goes to their big tree, which I think is underwater. And she, it is. She tries to do like the Matrix uh, hookup attachment and it causes her to have a seizure. And then Jake has to call out to the like geeky scientist characters from the first movie to look for help. And doing so, the, the signal that he sends gives away his location to Quartrich, which is such a cool name to say. Yeah, it's really sick. I love saying But turns out, uh, we didn't need those scientists at all. It, it turns out that Ronald and all of the other women of the catfish tribe understand fish medicine and administered it to Kiri, saving her life. So in this moment, Jake not fully trusting these new ostensibly family members of his, the catfish people, is what brought death upon them. For one second, if Ronald McDonald was like allowed into the tent before these scientist dickbags got here, they'd be fine now. But that didn't happen. We also remember Carrie's, Carrie's Jesus. As that's going on, sort of uh, parallel to that story being presented, ABAB is the bad guy's plot line. So back when they first fought in the jungle, the bad guys kidnapped Spider, who is the human Tarzan boy that Jake raised. Yes, the Na'vi and, and Jake's family specifically basically think of him, or at least Jake does, as like a house cat. The kids don't so much. They are his friend. Yeah, and uh, you wrote it in the notes here, like, it's kind of fucked up the way that they kind of seem to be treating him for parts of the movie, which is like not that he's a full member of their family, even yes, though like, been the whole there reason he's here he, is their fault. Yeah, this kid played by Jake Champion, which first off, hell of a name guy, and also one of the main reasons reasons that avatars two and three had to be shot back to back because Jake champion is the only actual human on screen who can't be changed by CG. I mean, you can deep fake it, I suppose, but it's, just, I think just easier to shoot them because they had all the scripts already. Just, just do them all at once. So avatar three, all of his parts for avatar three are already shot, but yes, Jake obviously like treats him like he says, like a house cat. So he's just straight up Theon. There was no war that won him to get there. There was a war that happened that laid him upon the Navi's feet. But like Jake should know better than anyone that these human beings who are here who didn't want to come here in the first place like him and Spider now, like yeah. he didn't choose to be here. How is Jake not treating him better? He's treating it him like a dick fucked. most of the time. Like you'd think someone would have taken Jake in and adopted him like anyone. Or not Jake, rather. Spider, that is. You'd no, think, yeah, yeah, that's a good... You're miscalculated. That Whoa. again. No, no. Th that's a good point <laughs> yeah. because Jake was adopted right, right. <laughs> by AOA and by Natiri and by all of the Navi. But at the, and at the same time, Spider's here and Jake's like, well, he's a kitty. Just to say, I like Spider. I think Jake Champion gives a good performance. And I think Spider is one of the more interesting characters. Oh, he's an incredibly interesting character. The conflict that he has with Natiri, basically just seeing her as a savage once he sees the video of her brutally murdering his father. The non-understanding of who his mother was, but knowing that she is also dead. The future relationship he has with bad military guy Copy, which is super complicated for both of them. Yeah. And then also the terrible way he's treated by his adopted family members. And then what happens at the end between him and Neytiri. It's the best writing, I think, from just a plot standpoint 
that's in the movie. Yeah, and he has to be here because if it weren't for him, there would be so many scenes of just like no human beings, right? Without them rotoscoping Spider into the scenes like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, this would just be Final Fantasy, the spirits within. I'm glad he's here. I'm like, I get lonely when there's no people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He looks good on screen when it's in 24 frames and he looks bad on screen when it's in 48 and that's how the main way you can tell the very frame rate is happening because he just like walks on screen you're like what the fuck uncanny valley so they eventually they track jake's position like we mentioned before and so they commandeer a whaling ship again go figure why they need a big boat if they could like a spaceship whatever okay so they're now they're cruising around on a commandeered whaling boat looking for jake Turns out, okay, we don't care about Unobtainium anymore. Bad name. Get that out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it only applies to the islands that are floating for that narratively to get off the ground, literally and figuratively. So let's make another MacGuffin that's better. Also found on Pandora. And you, uh, you just have to wonder how they figure this shit out. Inside the brain of the whales is a special yeah. compound which extracted can be processed into the fountain of youth, as they explain yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called Amerta or Amerta, whatever, however you want to say it. Amirita. Amitra. And it's a stupid name uh, and a stupid idea to begin with, but it's anti-aging goo. It just stops aging completely. So not only are we colonizing this place because, more so than anything, we're colonizing this place for both of these MacGuffins because, uh, again, humans can't breathe here. Like, Spider is wearing a oxygen mask this entire time because there's so much carbon dioxide in the air that they actually can't breathe. I mean, even the military avatar copies uh, need to, like, take a breath every now and again. Also, I think it's important to note that prior to this whaling scene that's coming up, we also got a scene where, like, all the whales migrated back to the bay. Yeah, for, like, a whale party. Yeah, and we saw Ronel with her whale sister the leader of this pack of whales and they're so tight and they're super tight and they just had a calf the lead mother whale just had a calf and she'd been waiting for generations till the right time to have a calf this is also where we get all the exposition that like the whales are smart as fuck and they write songs they're like if aristotle and bach had a baby and it was a fucking whale but way smarter because both of those two idiots are human so like it was like if those two guys were whales and then they had a whale baby and then all the whales are smart anyway so that's the point of when this whaling scene begins to happen you're not like oh they're trying to hunt down this like brainless creature who doesn't love make songs and write poetry and shit they're hunting down the smartest creature that a human being has ever met which is sad but also won't fight back which is also sad right yeah I mean you hate when they kill the dog in the movie like in when James Cameron in, in Terminator 2, the T-1000 kills John Connor's dog. Terrible. And, and, and this is a lot John like Wick. that. Except this is like the T-1000 kills the dog, but the dog is sentient. So he's like, no, I have so much life to live. <laughs> you know, it makes it that much worse. We don't care. We want your brain goo, please. It's very expensive. I like also just like with the human colonization thing, they do not linger on the brain goo. The ship's captain tells that to the other characters. They nod at him. And then it's just like never brought up again. Like he's not like, I'm af- I'm going to get that sweet goo. Like he never says it again. <laughs> yes. No, I think that happened because of how much of a negative response they had to the unobtainium thing from the first movie. Right. Like not only was it the stupidest name a MacGuffin has ever gotten, but also it was a such a large part of the movie that it kind of just they didn't allow that MacGuffin to get lost within the bigger plot and the bigger narrative that would make it palatable and in this one they were like let's just say it for about a, a millisecond and then stop thinking about it completely right and if and if you're in the audience thinking like geez if technology is advanced to the point that we have intergalactic space travel are people really still hunting whales like no nerd that's not what this is about bully we're just trying to have a space war Relax. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> so they do. They have this plan. Like Ryan said, they're going to go kill some whales. The plan is, since the whales are sacred, they'll kill the whales, piss on their bodies, and then the Navi will get really <laughs> mad and attack them. And then that'll shake Jake out. 
But really, like, Jake just left his home of years, his second adopted family, this tribe, and he he left at the first sign of danger, really. They attacked the fish people. I would just assume that Jake's out of there again. Yeah, but I guess his new adopted family, the catfish people, would be so enraged by this. Yeah, like, (laughs) that he now has to do something. And also, Uh, Loak is friends with the outcast one, which makes it even more complicated. But push that to the side. This scene is brutal. They kill a whale, baby. Obviously, a message from James Cameron to stop killing whales on our own Earth. And in the way that they kill them is so specific. Like, this whaling ship has a protocol that has been worked on. Very obviously, they have submarines and they have crab ships that look fucking cool. And they're shooting the whales with things that go through their fins and then brings them to the surface. And then, like, sonicking the whales to make them go deaf. And the whale is like, fucking stop, dude. That's awful. And then the way they kill them is a sonic spear to the chest, which doesn't kill them instantly, but eventually does. And it's just like 15 minutes of, I was so stressed out. Yeah, it was kind of hard to watch. I mean, it's just also a testament to like, James Cameron's a really good director. And the captain, the horrible ship's captain, who's like laughing the entire time. He knows more about this than anyone. He, he He's the one who explains to the characters like, oh yeah, these whales, they got way more emotions than us. They're thinking shit way deeper than us. And then as he's fishing them, he's like, look, I got one. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. Spear them in the face and then this also leads to spider seeing the MacGuffin taken out of the whale and being told that it is anti-aging it stops aging in its tracks which I think will also complicate things for spider in the future when we eventually do a time jump again in Avatar 3 most likely where spider gets older and he realizes that the Na'vi live longer than humans do and he has all these complicated feelings already about the Na'vi he's gotta eat the goo he has to struggle eventually with his own mortality and a family that is systematically trying to throw him out of their vibe. <laughs> would, right? Spy- would Spider eat the goo though? Because you got to kill the whale to get the goo. I think he's too. He's a good guy. Oh no, no! I think Spider's gonna eat that goo. I think Spider is being set up like this is his villain origin story, and he's being set up as the main villain of the entire series. Hmm. Well, that would be interesting to see. It'd be interesting as fuck. That's why I want it. The plot barrels towards uh, a conflict. Loak finds out about the whales and he wants to go find his friend, the whale named Pycon. All the other adolescent characters are with him because, of course, and they, uh, yeah, obviously they all get captured by bad guys. Again, they do this all the time. They love being captured. Sully stick together. They even had to lampshade it. They give Took a throwaway line where she's like, I can't believe I got captured again. <laughs> that was funny. That was like the one moment that Took kind of shined. And other than that, she, as a character, was very much pushed to the side. So Avatar Quaritch tells Jake to give himself up and he'll spare his kids. And it's really, oh, they're in a dire position now. But then out of nowhere, Loax whale bestie. Pycon realizes that nonviolence is the prescribed strategy the oppressor gives to the whales and that the whales have nothing to lose but their chains and he jumps out of the water <laughs> and smashes the boat and rejects nonviolence and embraces a revolutionary action and I, I liked that. I liked it very much. It's time for some whale Rambo shit and violence is better than nonviolence and everybody knows that. Is this also not like a repudiation of Jake's whole like runaway strategy? <laughs> Yes, it it is his children completely doing the opposite. They are constantly making decisions based on Sully's stick together that get them in these predicaments where they get captured over and over again because Jake is basically saying, let's be passive from now on. Let's not pick the fight. Picking the fight has done nothing but get Navi killed. Let's not do that. But the kids are like, they're poking us in the fucking eye. What are we supposed to do here? Uh, the big set piece battle ensues. It's great. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, everything's looked cool. This looks great. So good. It's so good. Hey, James, as we talk about this, think about the final set piece battle in Wakanda forever. Uh-huh, yeah. How dog shit that was. Mm-hmm. And, and as 
amazing as this one is, just blowing it out of the literal Navi water. Yeah, I mean, Pandora watered it. Even like the Marvel DC movies where you think the fight scene is kind of the whole point, like a lot of them are kind of lame. Yes. James Cameron knows how to do it. And honestly, to be fair, Zack Snyder, I think also knows how to do it, but a lot of them don't. No. This next 30 minutes or 45 minutes, it's a long movie. I looked down at my watch at this point. I was like, this movie has like 50 minutes left. Same, That's same. Nuts. I couldn't believe it. I was like, we're only at two and a half hours. Too long. That's crazy. Made me kind of James Cameron. Not long enough. James Cameron's like if Zack Snyder like was re- introspective at all. <laughs> if Zack Snyder read a book, he'd be James Cameron. I think Wakanda Forever, which is a shorter movie, was too long. And I think this movie was not long. I would have been fine with this movie going another hour. I want to be within this experience forever. When I stepped out of the movie theater and I was like, oh, the real world, this sucks. There's a really cool moment where Spider, who's like, has just been kind of being pushed around the whole movie. They're kind of treating him with kind of neglect because he hasn't betrayed them in any way, really. And at the perfect moment, he just betrays them and full steam ahead into some rocks. It was awesome. He basically won the battle for them doing that. (laughs) He he does. Thanks, Theon. And let's also set up that at this point, Jake, Natiri, and all the catfish adults are sort of on the outskirts of this battle before it starts. Bad military guy says the same thing he said before. Jake, you come alone. But what actually messes that entire thing up is that Loax outcast whale friend wakes up and chooses violence by jumping onto the ship and messing it up real good, at which point the catfish slash Nitiri slash Jake take that as an opportunity to start doing some water-based Rambo shit. And that's when Theon is just like, okay, ram this thing into a rock. Let's do that. The two bros uh, rush the wreck of the ship to try to save Spider. Which I like that. these They're good boys. Yes, because they count him as family and right. not like a house cat. <laughs> but then Big Bro, uh, uh, Alf, gets shot. And You're just going to give him different names every time. <laughs> and he dies. You don't, yeah, you don't have to give him different names after this. He's yes. dead now. He gets shot. He gets dragged to a rock, at which point Natiri and Jake get there as well. And he says, I want to go home, which is so sad. And then Jake says, you're going home. We're going home, buddy. As he dies and Natiri loses her fucking mind. Yeah, it was an emotional scene. Big Brother, not that developed of a character. He've only really existed in relationship to Loak. Isn't it weird that, like, for me, that wasn't the most emotional scene of the movie. No, Wales, 100%. I cried during this movie, I think, like, twice. One was, like, a well up, and one was, like, an actual tear falls. And neither of those times were this, which is definitely when it was supposed to be happening. So now the shit is really on. Really cool action still coming, but again, when Jake and Zoe enter the battlefield, all drama goes out the window because they are uh, the Avengers, and they can't be stopped, and they chew through the bad guys like it's nothing. Rambo on more steroids than Sylvester Stallone was on while he was shooting Rambo. The only weird part for the next like 20 minutes of this scene, because I'm on board for Natiri and Jake just slaughtering people. That's 100% fine with me. I love all that stuff. The only weird part is that the water catfish people and the whale, once they do their part at the very beginning, it feels like they stop helping. And I know it's for dramatic effect because Sully stick together and the end is really about them and their battle against bad military guy and the like. But why would the catfish people stop helping? They took their kids as well. Like, why isn't Jason Momoa at Jake's side the entire time? How has the whale just fallen off the ship and then like not gone up again? Yeah, one His more. His friend is still in peril. <laughs> again, it's, it's all to create more tension. I understand that. But like those things wouldn't have happened for show. You know, the sperm whale, the Moby Dick whale? Yeah. Those would actually would like attack the ship's back, which is pretty sick. I think this is probably inspired by that. Good. I'm glad. Murder those ships, whales. I'm fine with murder if it's whales. Zoe Saldana decides to make a hostage exchange. She grabs Spider and acts like she's going to kill him. But it turns out that Quadrich really does love Spider somewhere in there. And he he lets go of, was it Took? 
in exchange for Spider. Which I didn't see coming, did you? Because like right away, bad military guy was like, yeah, that's not my kid. I don't care. Although there have been moments leading up to this where you could see those two at least having something in common and becoming closer with each other. Still at odds, but closer nonetheless. And by the way, Spider comes up to like help out Jake Natiri and pals and does not assume that he's about to get taken by a nine foot lady who just had her, her oldest son die and is just out for fucking blood in her, her she hasn't blinked I don't know if they blink or not but she hasn't blinked in an hour and then puts a knife to his chest and he's like now this is a ploy she's not gonna really and then she slashes him across the chest and he's like what the fuck well I, I did kind of see this coming but I was also glad that it happened because I mean Corrich is not like a rogue. He wouldn't be like, haha, do whatever you want with my innocent son, right? Like, that's not his character. So I, I like that they played it that way. But then, and I liked this too, all the characters are leaving, and then he basically just calls Jake out. He's like, you know, we can do this next movie or we can settle it now. And Jake's like, fuck it. Come on. I liked that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Let's say before we move on that Spider is going to remember this moment for sure. And then, yes, Jake v. Quark, the one-on-one -on -one battle on a sinking ship a la the Titanic. Thanks, James. Cameron, not you. Uh, <laughs> and... I did like that where Jake made a calculated decision of like, you know what? You're right. Let's knife fight. They have a big fight. It's a good one. I liked it. Again, leagues ahead of the shit that you see in Marvel TV shows and movies. I thought a little part of me was just like, where is anybody else? But whatever. Fine. Yeah. They let him one V one and he wins and Quaritch like he like falls into uh, the water and I think he gets pulled into the sinking ship. Uh, but so does Jake. Yeah, he drowns. He's under there a long time. Right. So it's kind of a draw in that sense. They both kind of drown. That's actually true. Jake does drown as well. And but they're both Stannis like deaths uh, right. and they're, they're off screen. They haven't, uh, they weren't shot through the head, so they could definitely both be still alive. Well, it's very deliberate. Like Jake has people who love him and come to rescue him. And then Quaritch uh, has nothing and no one and like sinks all by himself. Or at least that's what you think. But we do very quickly see that Spider, I guess returning the favor, did save his dad. Oh, also say Kiri used nature magic to save everyone. It didn't seem that necessary, but that's how it happened. Yes, she's Jesus. She did some nature magic Jesus stuff and saved Natiri, who yeah. just like stopped swimming anywhere for some reason. Just don't forget Kiri's here. She might not have done anything in this movie, but she might do something in the next one. Yeah, it felt weird. It felt like Natiri was absolutely capable of in the moment of like, she just kind of gave up and wasn't going to save her daughter, which is I think completely out of character for her. But whatever, the point of it was that, look, Kiri is very good at having bioluminescent bugs come and save us. So that's great. And then at this point, Spider is underwater and saves his pseudo dad, which was a you could tell he was fighting with himself for a quick moment and then makes the decision that he's going to save uh, Avatar mind copy Cork Corkich, which was difficult for him. And then his uh, his dad or pseudo dad wakes up and is like, come with me. Come on. And Spider's like, no. Life for a life. You didn't kill my friend, so I saved you. You're not my dad, and runs away. So we get a happy ending, James Cameron style. Perfect victory for the Navi. I leave, like, what were their casualties? They it wasn't that perfect. They lost the a son whale and a baby whale, and then one guy. Jake's son. Not, not one guy. <laughs> the old, the, the Lion King raised to the gosh dang heavens from right. the beginning of the movie's son. Yeah, so they lost Brandon Stark, and now... Loak's going to be Ned Stark. Yes. Jake realizes, I mean, what he probably should have just intuited at the beginning of the movie, that retreating and nonviolence is a losing strategy in imperialism. And in the long term, if he and his family are ever going to have a lasting peace, then they got to go to war and win the war first. They can't just yeah. avoid it. But why, if that is his new vibe on life, would he not go back to his original family in yes. the trees? Right. Straight away. Also, Corwich is dead now, as far as he knows. Threat over. Go back and protect your people who are waiting for you. Yeah. All you did was so. make things worse for the water tribe. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot worse, but that's fine. I want to meet the fire Navi. I want to meet the Earth Navi. Right, where to next? We've just seen an incredibly small percentage of this almost Jupiter-sized moon. And James Cameron again, like, saying that they might go to other moons in the future. If the water Navi were that interesting... What would the fire once be like? I want to know real bad. So that's the end of the movie. Happy, hopeful movie. Uh, 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 our older son, Mork, died, but Loak is still here. We love him. And we're still, as an audience, <laughs> more sad about the whale. And we're going to have, we're going to, movie three, just wait. Uh, the credits play. It's, as you said, I didn't know this, but it's the weekend. And he sings a very high-pitched song about the movie. And I thought the lyrics were way too specific. It was like, you're yes. a cat person <laughs> fighting in the water. Over there's a big whale. <laughs> we, uh, we, heard, we heard this very specific water-based shit weekend song at the beginning of this podcast. It, I think, is a banger. But again, yes, I think the weekend got to the end of this movie. And like Ed Sheeran writing the end song for the second Hobbit movie. But <laughs> Ed Sheeran was like, I'm going to write a metaphor. For. and weekends like i'm gonna tell what happened in the movie i still remember man i was so confused in the the credits of hobbit 2 i was like the fuck is this <laughs> this isn't no, I Ed Sheeran, normally baby. do it it's because he's friends with that guy yeah. anyway yeah. uh do you like the movie ryan oh yeah I, I absolutely adored the movie i hope it makes all the money in the world so that they can continue making them until james cameron is uh gone from this earth and assumably like copied into a nine foot tall blue avatar and then put on a, a moon and a distant galaxy this currently has a 78% tomato meter with a 94% audience score. The critics are basically like, the story is bad. And the audience was like, who cares? Uh, which I was more on the side of who cares with a understanding that this, like, it, think about if you had left Avatar 2 The Way of Water and were like, put the visuals to the side. That was Shawshank Redemption level storytelling but in avatar 2 like it would be more confusing than anything i think this movie is probably best served by those really cheesy 4d movie theaters where you're in the moving seat and they spray your face with mist you can smell bread baking and shit because that's this would be like a theme park of a movie uh, i guess that's what martin scorsese said about marvel but in a negative way i'm saying it about this movie in a positive way as a story would this movie hold up? Like, would you enjoy reading the, the screenplay of this movie? Absolutely I wouldn't not. enjoy listening to our podcast about this movie. <laughs> uh, but it's beautiful to watch. Just switch your brain off and enjoy the, the pretty environmental anti-military movie. I saw it in IMAX, CDXD, 3D, ultra wide, fuck all. And I think it's the way that it should be. If there were smells, like you said, that would be better. I'm going to go see it again for sure. I'm going to be part of <laughs> See it in the legs, 4D if you about. can, man. With the moving chair they have shit. 5D? You know the one I'm talking about where the chair, the chair fucking moves around. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Did you have any problems with Uncanny Valley or frame rate? Like, did that? Well, did those pull you out at all? In the very beginning, where they they take like a family photo and show you all the characters and like freeze frame on that, and then the 3D they shoot out as a family from the background. I thought they looked like shit, man. I was like, this looks like <laughs> fucking Chuck E. Cheese robots, bro. <laughs> but yeah. for the rest, it looked pretty good. I truly believe. This kind of movie, which there aren't many like and perhaps none like exactly what this was, you have to think of as a gift, something to behold and not to think too much about allowing yourself to wash away and live in the environment. The pretentious up your butt positive review of this movie is just like, it's not a movie as much as it is an experience. And while I believe that that is a true sentence, I hate the people saying it, the specific people saying it like that, where like, I think if uh, on both sides of these reviews, where it's completely and utterly negative, like a person pretending like the story ruined what this movie could be like that's at all what it was about and then on the other side the person saying that it was an experience like i've never 
been through before, which is the case, but saying it in a way where like, how dare you let the shitty story affect you at all? I don't know. I think somewhere in the middle, it maybe even um, pandering a little bit to the positive is the place where people should be, but I'm, I'm not here to tell people how to feel. Wait. Yes, I am. This is a great movie. Shut up. So James Cameron has said publicly that he needs this movie to make $2 billion internationally in order for it to be considered a win. And mm. as of this I heard weekend, $2.5 it has earned $134 million in America alone, another $435 million from the rest of the world, which is not that close to a billion, but I assume it'll be in theaters for a bit longer yeah for a very long time the 134 million that it made in the u.s box office on opening weekend is the same as the batman made which went on to make 770 mm. million mm. worldwide but again like like you said it needs to reach about 2 billion to be seen as a true success but at the very same time they've already shot the third film and it is in post-production already so i think no matter what we're going to get the third film this is not going to be like a discover hbo thing where they decide to write it off this is a bet that it's going to at least for the third movie hold true no matter what unless you know like it stops making money like zero dollars tomorrow which it won't because again i'm going to go see it again for sure so uh, they're at least going to get the next 15 20 bucks out of me so if we're all being honest with ourselves though avatar as a series really matters on china Right? Like you said, it's 134 US box office and 400 plus everywhere else. A large portion of that is China. So as long as they keep seeing it as a nation, then we'll keep getting Avatar movies, which is weird to think about, but I think the truth. It's really funny that apparently insiders are describing Avatar 2 as having not lived up to box office expectations, which apparently is true. It's also true that it's the seventh highest grossing December movie in history, right? Which right. for any other movie would be like the greatest news in the world. Unfortunately, James Cameron spent half a billion dollars on this movie. <laughs> Uh, it looks good though boy does it look good it really good. does with all the mocap Kate Winslet by the way broke Tom Cruise's underwater as an actor hold her breath record and I was like why is Kate Winslet underwater the actors are doing those scenes at all times yeah I mean everyone go see this movie twice James Cameron deserves it he put a lot of hard work into this I said this to Adam when he asked for my quick review as much as you liked the first one you will like this one uh it's pretty good it's at least as good as any of the marvel movies oh for uh, sure i don't think that's true though i i liked the first one and i loved the second one so i, I think like i don't know if i'll ever go back and watch the first one no, i'm why absolutely would you? Yeah. <laughs> going to watch this again in both theaters and in my home when it comes out and uh we're hoping ryan and i are gonna go uh Alone, strangely, without our families, uh, just the two of us to the Walt Disney Park that is now, I think it's an entirely uh, uh, an avatar park. Oh, my dude. Okay. So Pandora is in Animal Kingdom. Okay. And I've been, in fact, Sam and I <laughs> waited three hours to get on the Pandora ride. And the ride was 10 minutes. And it was that 4D experience that you were talking about mm. with the water and the smells. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, riding a... Uh, well, uh, whatever the heck, through the air and, and with Jake and, and pals. And it was a great ride, but I tell you, those three hours I'll never get back. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, people don't seem to be going wild for this. Like, when the first movie came out, people lost their shit. There were reports of people, like, who had given up all hope in life because they knew it would never be as amazing as it would be on Pandora. <laughs> I don't think that's happening again this time. I forget who did it. Sorry, I can't credit it. But someone on Twitter was posting that they were banned from Letterboxd for posting the review on Avatar 2. This movie was so amazing that I will be killing myself in order to be reborn on Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, immediate ban. You're not allowed anymore to be a part of the Redbox family. How dare you? Uh, all right. Well, this I'm I'm glad we talked about Avatar too. Uh, I'll see you, Ryan, in 13 years.
when we are yep. yeah, deep into our 40s <laughs> talk about yep. avatar 3 yes uh, and james cameron is long since dead uh, but he has <laughs> been directing it ghost zombie like from the grave